Welcome to the Men's Bible Study Podcast, a ministry of Sheridan House. We continue today in the series, So We Would Know, a study through the Gospel of John. If you missed any part of this series, you can find it and others online at sheridanhouse.org mbs. We're looking at a very interesting passage today. We're, um, we're looking at a passage where Jesus is telling them, remember, he's entered the city, he's taken on the religious establishment, he celebrated Passover, he announced the new covenant, he did the bridge from the old covenant to the new covenant, and the bridge is the Lord's Supper. You no longer bring something and kill it. I'm going to be uh, the Lamb of God. I'm going to die. They don't get it yet, but he's telling him he's leaving. He's leaving in flesh. Uh, and, and then he begins letting them know the new arrangement, and the new arrangement is best for, him, for them. In John 16, chapter 7, it begins, but it is actually best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I do go away, he will come, because I will send him to you. So he announces this new era of relationship. You know, when I'm with you, you have relationship. But now my f- I'm leaving in flesh, and it's gonna, I'm going to give you something that you'll have forever. And it's the, it's the completion of the Trinity, one of the most difficult things to understand on the planet. And you can lean not to your own understanding on this one. The Trinity is the Trinity. And so, you know, F- Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, what is this? And in the ESV it says, the helper, I'm giving you the helper will come to you. In the NIV, the counselor. In the New King James, the helper. In the Greek, it's paraclete. In, in other words, it's... The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, this, this Trinity thing is interesting. Um, the Father and I are one, he says in John 10, 30, uh, this Trinity. But let me, let me just, well, we talked about one book. This is one of the greatest books I've ever read on the Holy Spirit. It's called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And he opens up, um, it's not a big book, not a big read. Francis Chan is amazing. Uh, and he opens up with, anytime you see a book on the Holy Spirit, you're going to think it's going to be weird and weird you out and going one direction or the other, radical not. Uh, so this is a very valuable, balanced book. Uh, but number one on your outline, to help us understand the directive power of our creative God, he has given us a description of himself as three in one, or the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is actually best for you, he says, that I go away. Because if I don't, the counselor won't come. The counselor won't come. In John 14, 26, he goes on to say, but when the Father sends the counselor as my representative, and by counselor I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I myself have told you. You know, every time I get in the car in the morning, I don't know how this does this, but it somehow looks at the first thing on my schedule and it tells me 27 miles to First Baptist Fort Lauderdale this morning. Traffic is whatever, is is easy this morning at, at six in the morning. And I'm looking at it and how does it do that? How does it know all of that? And I think the bottom line is I could ignore it or I could, wow, thank you. There are times in your life as you're in this where you know there's something you shouldn't do, shouldn't look at, shouldn't whatever. Yeah, but I can handle. And that's still small voice. And there are times in my life 
or I wish it wouldn't be a still small voice. I wish he would just grab me and say, Bob, you know you need to go talk to that person. Go. Go. Yeah. This is so hard to grasp, number two on your outline. The Holy Spirit is God residing in us. He will never leave us or forsake us. You are not alone. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit offers you constant guidance. That's why talking about these, these people that are so hopeless, without Christ. So Rosemary and I were talking about this last night, and uh, um, these suicides. And she said, did you ever in your life even once consider suicide? And I said, yeah, I did, actually. I did uh, prior to you. I did uh, at the start of my sophomore year where it became apparent that I, I went to college to play sports and I'm not good enough to play. And can I say, if you're not good enough to play sports at Maryville College, you're in serious trouble. And I said, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. And, and you know, my mom had died and I, I, why am I here? And uh, I said, I met you and you handed me a book, The Cross and the Switchblade by Nikki Cruz. And I just read it because I wanted to get a date with you. So I read it so I could, so I could say to you, I read, I read it in a night. It was unbelievable. And there was so much hope in there. Yeah. It's an issue of hope and the focus of my hope. And then the Holy Spirit, and I will never leave you or forsake you. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, it's finished. It's not meaning it's over. It's completed. I've completed it. Now, Holy Spirit in you, the new covenant in my blood, this whole process of his creation and the fall due to our sin and the and rebellion and stepping away from God and his salvation plan and his preparation uh, of, of all this through religion and the explanation through Judaism. And then, wow, then once again, a constant relationship. It's like that pillar of fire and, and, and pillar of smoke, a constant, but this time it's in us. No, no more need for the Holy of Holies. It was ripped open because you're the new Holy of Holies. Do I get that? No, I don't. But I so know. And I think, I think my last Sunday here, I told the story of getting, of, of just God pressing on my heart, call Mark in Tallahassee, call Mark in Tallahassee, call Mark in Tallahassee. And it's like, I don't have time to return the phone calls I have. And so I went out the door with seven phone calls and honestly, it's easier to me, for me to do calls in my car because of my hearing, even with these, because it's just in here and I can blast it rather than in my office so the entire 60 acres hears the phone call. And so I don't have time to call Mark and I'm starting through the calls and it turns out I did have time because half the calls saw it was Bob Barnes and didn't pick up anyway. And so I make the call to Mark and uh, I said, I, I'm just calling to say how you doing. And he said, did my mom tell you to call me? And I said, no. And you know who I'm talking about. And I said, no. And he said, I can't believe it, so you're just calling. I said, well, this is going to sound weird to you, but it, just God pressed on my heart to call you and make sure you're okay. He said, I can't believe you're doing this. This morning I got served divorce papers. I said, really? So we're talking and we're talking and we're talking, and I'm getting emotional. I almost didn't make this call. And then we finished, and I said, man, can I pray for you? He said, yeah. Pray for me, and, and, and did you know today's my birthday? Wow. And it was just such an example of people using stupid people. And the quest to, when you put it on my heart, don't do this, don't look at that, don't touch this, don't say that, don't do do this, do do, do make this call. 
do, do, do. Yeah, this Holy Spirit, I'm the new temple. So there's some steps here. They're not on your outline. It would have made the outline too big. And I think step one, the Trinity created the heavens and the earth all the way from heaven, John 1, 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. He was with God. He, we're talking Jesus. He was with God, and in the beginning, with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. And it goes down to verse 14. So the Word became human, or flesh, and lived here amongst us. This whole Trinity thing. Then step two, the Trinity created man in his own image and man sinned. And step three, knowing that God would rebel, I mean, knowing that man would rebel, knowing that man would rebel, God created the plan in the original blood sacrifice. I'm going to get you used to blood sacrifices. So you're going to see the ultimate blood sacrifice. But you know what's the problem there? We get so used to that routine, routine we've looked at and we've looked at and we've looked at then when God actually does a new work in front of us, we miss it. We miss it. It's time for change, folks. We got, we got a world going to hell all around us, and we, we appear irrelevant to them. We had the most interesting event yesterday. There's a brand-new circuit court judge. She called Her assistant called last week and said, uh, Judge so-and-so would like to visit Sheridan House. And so we looked her up, and we thought, okay, this is going to be, she couldn't be more liberal uh, as we looked her up. And she came, and she walked around, and here's what got her. She walked around the campus, had the whole tour, asked the questions we're used to asking, how religious are you? And, uh, and I said, we're not religious at all. We're all about Jesus. And she, she, she didn't know what to do with that. She was great. She smiled. Uh, she knew, I, 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 you know, feisty Bob, feisty Herb, whatever, um, but then but what got her was in the golf cart going by these four cars on the back of the parking lot, and she said, those cars don't have license plates. I said, it's so amazing. All four of those were donated last week. And she said, those are, those are really nice cars. And I said, yeah, they go to single moms. And she almost got emotional. They go to single moms. The single moms that are in our program getting help, budgeting, blah, 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 go to single moms just like those triplexes. And we're putting up nine more. We're building a third one this year. And she said, how? Well, you, you, I thought you said no government funding, you, no United Ways. I, you know, I'm long since past how. I don't know how. You asked us how religious we are. Jesus, I don't know how. And she said, I need to get more people down here. I said, bring it. We'd, we'd love to show more people what we're doing. Can I refer directly from court? No, you can. And I worked for you. In fact, before saying to her, before you were born, I worked for Judge Rado and Miller and Orlando, and I made the placement, and we withheld adjudication, have the parents come, because we want to take the child to get the parent, or take the child to get the parents, or take the child to get the grandparents. We want, the, we want to work with the whole family system. And watching her, it was just astounding. It's, it, it's I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I just know you do, and I have to, we have to tell people. So knowing that man would rebel, God gave this blood sacrifice in step four. Then God came in flesh to Jerusalem, to his temple. Yeah, John 1, 14. So the word became human and lived here on earth among us. Jesus came to Jerusalem. And this time that he came, the, what we call Palm Sunday, which is a huge mistake. It's not Palm Sunday. It should be called Jacket Sunday. 
I mean, most of the people put their jackets down except for some of the people. I'm going to put my jacket. No, it's my only coat. No, I, I, I'll find a palm. I'll find a branch. No. He came in flesh and took our place. And then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And when he breathed his last, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom just so that we would know nobody ripped it from bottom to top. It's just so we know somebody was in there watching it. Oh, my goodness, it's ripping from top to bottom. Don't need the Holy of Holies anymore. You're the Holy of Holies. How you doing? Do people see me and or see my generosity and or see my whatever? They see it and they get it. Yeah, and in verse 39 of that passage, when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, truly, this was the Son of God. You know, for him, he didn't have religion in the way, this Roman officer. He didn't have a, yeah, but how, how about all these things we've been doing forever in our religious institution? No, truly, this had to be the Son of God. Yeah, in Mark 14, 58, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another made without human hands. Oh, I'll be back in three days. And then the Holy Spirit. It says in 2 Corinthians 6.16, for we are the temple of the living God. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? Do I know how that works? No. Do I know that's real? Oh, yeah. Can I say, guys, something's happening in Broward County right now. And this thing that is weird called Church United, where all these different churches, 300 plus, are working together, and they've gotten fun about their doctrinal differences rather than argue about their doctrinal predestination, free will. They've gotten fun about it and watching them make fun of each other and watching each, each of them take take turns leading out in the big quarterly meeting or in the smaller regional meetings and watching them do projects together and watching them go after it here and watching last Sunday Bob Frankwist gave an altar call at uh, Calvary Fellowship Miramar and over 100 people came forward it's happening it's happening we want to be a part of it we want to be praying for our pastors why would the great revival not take place here this makes so much sense all the languages that are spoken here, it would go out to the rest of the world from here. This makes sense here. We all just want to make sure that we're a part of it, that we're a part of it. The relationship between God and man is redeemed by God. The relationship is now complete by God. The price for that relationship was completed by Jesus. The process of that ongoing relationship, use me, use me, use me, the Holy Spirit. You know the story of uh, when I was taking EE. I, I came to Sheridan Hills Baptist Church from uh, Coal Ridge, member of Coal Ridge, and honestly, to be uh, uh, on staff at Sheridan House, there were only four staff members back then, you had to go to Sheridan Hills Baptist Church, the founder. And so I remember saying to Rosemary, we're gonna go, uh, and I'm not sure I'm going to Sheridan House, I really wanna go to Sheridan House, never really been in a Baptist church, and I gotta say, if he's wearing white shoes and a white belt, I don't think I can do it. And Rosemary, I remember her saying, how mature? How mature are you? 
and went, and he wasn't wearing them. This was so cool of God. He wasn't, Billingsley wasn't, but the music guy was. Uh, and she's just looking at me and saying, you do realize this, this is a sense of humor of God at you for being so immature. Um, so taking EE at Coral Ridge and doing our first, and, and when you take evangelism exposure, you have to actually go places and share your faith. And we get somebody's address and we go knock on the door of Ralph and Donna Nelson, and I'm a trainee, not a trainer. Uh, and I listened to my train. Ralph Nelson had just uh, gotten off uh, duty as a police officer. He was still in uniform, and he looked exhausted. And I remember wanting to say to Tom, he's too tired. We knock on the door, he opens the door, he's too tired. Um, I didn't say it, but I don't want to go in there. And we go in, and I'm terrified. And we go in, and we sit down. And I can tell Tom's very, very nervous, and Ralph and Don are sitting there. And he's giving Ralph the gospel through EE. It's horrible. His presentation, because he was so nervous, horrible. And I know the diagnostic question, does this make sense to you? I'm a Christian sitting next to him, it didn't make sense to me. And he says, does this make sense to you? And they both tear up and pray to receive Christ. We walk out of there, and it's, I finally realized it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with what we say. It's when you feel compelled to talk to somebody about Christ, do it. Well, Bob, I'm not good at that. Nobody's good at that. In fact, it's better when you know you're not good at it. That it's all Jesus. Yeah. He is the Holy Spirit in John 14, 17, who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Yeah. He says in Matthew 28, 20, and be sure of this, I am, that's so cool, that, at play on his God's name. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I will be with you forever, Bob. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, I will be with you forever. That's why the people who have gone through such tragedy and the children who have gone through such tragedy. The comforter, to help me lean not to my own understanding. I stayed angry from January 4th, 1964, when my mom died in the night. Until uh, Rosemary led me to Christ, and I had no hope. I was mad at God, just mad at God. If you're a loving God, taking my mom, just mad at God. And then realizing you'll never know the answers, lean not to your own understanding. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are so significant to me. You want me to trust you with all my heart, period, end of story. And lean not to my own understanding. I don't get this, Father. You're right, you don't. Son, you don't get this. I'd expect to get me, the maker of this. You don't get it? Fine. Trust it. Trust me. Number three, the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, lives in us and helps us grow in our faith in God. So, boils down to what am I putting in my head? I've got to be putting this in my head so that when my heart works with what I'm putting in my head, this, my heart, oh, that's what that means. That's what that means. Yeah, John 16, 8, the next verse. And when he comes, he will convince the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. It's so interesting. I, I spend too much of my time on, on airplanes and sitting, and, and uh, because I'm cheap, I get the middle seats. And you, watching somebody, you're kind of trapped on a plane. 
and opening up, I'll be studying what I'm, what I'm gonna be doing and they'll see and they'll look and the print on this is 24 point font, so it's serious print. And they'll see words like Holy Spirit or whatever and watching a person here say, hey, can I talk to you? Or watching a person here, all of a sudden she's facing the window. She, she doesn't want anything to do with this weirdo right here. And watching some people, some people just know and want answers and some people are afraid of the answers. Or, or don't want to change their lifestyle or the things they're doing. And when he comes, he will convince the world of, of its sin. Number four in your outline, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to show us our desperate need to fix our broken relationship with God, our sin, God's righteousness, to fix it. And that next verse, the world's sin is unbelief in me. Verse 10, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the prince of this world has already been judged. Here it is, number 12. Oh, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. But when I go with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to bear it. But the hope doesn't come from understanding. I think there is a time of understanding. The hope comes from trusting. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I've said this before. It is so much fun to watch guys come out of the business world to come work at Sheridan House. So much fun. Um, because the business world is different from us. And we hire. We, I typically look for guys that are approaching, approaching 50 uh, who should have made enough money to be fine and then come on board and use your skill. Like Don King, who was the CFO of, uh, of Enterprise Auto and uh, came and retired down here at 44, I think, and Rick Weber and these other guys. But watching the fear initially, how does this work financially? And watching them come to the realization, Bob really doesn't raise the money. And I know people think Bob raises the money. And I got another group that I couldn't talk out of coming in uh, to town from Atlanta. Uh, just to spend, Bob doesn't raise the money. Well, we want to see it, and we'll see that Bob doesn't raise the money. <laughs> no, I know the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart to give a big check. Bob doesn't raise the money. And, and watching the, this is the wrong word to use, but the evol evolution of their understanding um, and watching us get so many single moms needing cars right now, and all of a sudden all these cars show up. And another one's coming, I, I hear, today or tomorrow. Wow. Wow. I don't call anybody for cars. I don't know how it works. It's you. Oh, there is so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now because it's too good. It's too amazing. I'm convinced if there was a chapter in there describing heaven, we'd be jumping off of buildings. I want to be there. I want to be there. Yeah, John 16, 13, the next one. When the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting his own ideas. He will be telling you what he has heard. He will be telling you about the future. Yeah, number five on your outline, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit works in you to help you process God's truth, how to live the life you were created to live. It's so interesting the time we have now because we're in a time where I can read uh, 10 to 15 to 20 verses or a chapter and then we were talking about this in the back and then I can get in the car and listen to it. 
Okay, now let me listen to it on you version all over again and just ask and stop. God, what does that mean? I have no idea. Does that mean something for me today or big picture me personally? What does that mean? Son, keep asking. Keep searching. Keep searching. Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my present, not only in my present, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, it's really important to seek what this means. I don't want to get to heaven and have Jesus say, welcome home, son. If, if you really trusted me, you'd have been shocked what you could have done, what you would have seen all around you if you'd have really trusted me. Trust me, son. Verse 14, 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Yeah, it goes on. This is, this is the awesome controversial passage that I love, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I will write about the special abilities of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives to each of us. For I must correct your misunderstandings about them. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along and worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know how to discern what is truly from God. No one speaking by the Spirit of God can curse Jesus. And no one is able to say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There, is a, there, there are different kinds of services in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. So number six on your outline. The Holy Spirit works in you for your personal relationship with God as well as for your personal service to the bride. Your personal service to the bride. We're serving his bride. We're serving his bride. Hey, uh, Rosemary speaks to, on Tuesday nights. And some Tuesday nights I can I can be there, and Steve and I do security. And some Tuesday, and no one feels secure with you and I doing security. I want you to, yeah, I know. And uh, then there are nights uh, that I that I can't. And there's a guy there uh, on staff named JT who always walks her to her car. And I said to him yesterday morning, I want to thank you for serving my bride. And it hit me, wow, that finding your personal servant job for his bride, not the building, his people, his bride. Yeah, verse six, there are, different, there, there are different ways God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work through us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. To one person, the Spirit, capital S, gives the ability to give wise counsel or wise advice. To another, the gift of special knowledge, the Spirit uh, gives special faith to another and to someone the power to heal the sick. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone the ability to know whether it's really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts he alone decides which gift each person should have. So it's our, it's our pursuit. What, what, is, what is my gift, Lord? Now, we get weirded out talking about this. This is scripture. And I got to tell you, 
probably 25 years ago. I was, I was having lunch with two pastors here in town that I love, and I mean, they're both doing, we're doing, one's not with us anymore, but we're doing great works. And we got in an argument about tongues. And I grew up in a culture that tongues, tongues are, you know, from the past. And uh, so I, I, I decided to take a week and uh, go and be alone with God up in the mountains and ask God for the gift of tongues. If you want me to have tongues, bring it. And the gift of tongues didn't happen. And I'm kind of laughing, actually, up there, wondering, okay, am I not whatever? And I realized it wasn't, that wasn't the gift for me. But I was being so critical of others, of others. Don't know. But we have to back off. And I'm grateful this thing called Church United, we are in a time, we are in a time uh, when different, all about Jesus, period, and his different children come in different ways to him. So I had a man in my office 25 plus years ago uh, in the middle of us uh, talking and me talking about Jesus, eyes roll back in his head, scared me to death. And so I finished with him, prayed for him, and he got weird when I was praying. And I went down the hall to Dr. Vigorito. Dr. Vigorito, um, another psychologist on our staff, PhD from uh, Yale, and uh, really, really smart. And uh, most of the time when we talk, I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, and so I told him what happened, and he said, I, I think it's demon possession. And I looked at him, and I said, you're the last person on the planet I would expect to hear that. He said, well, I don't know what to do with it, but it sounds like demon possessions. He said, you need to go talk to Jimmy Brookins. And Jimmy Brookins has, had a hyper-charismatic church. Brian, his son, has that church now up in Coral Springs. And Jim, I, I called Jimmy, and he said, bring him. And I bring him up there. And uh, Jimmy says, I want you to come in the room. And they had three pastors, and they're praying over this guy. And uh, I'm in there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy stops, and he says to this guy, Eddie, when you were a little boy, did you sexually abuse your sister? Eddie bursts into tears. I don't know what the look is I had on my face. I am the look of terror, probably. And Jimmy says, uh, you, you, why don't you go sit in the lobby, Bob? And uh, um, they finish, and this guy and his wife drive home, and uh, he, he visibly looked different. And I went out to lunch with Jimmy after, and I said, what was that? And he said it was casting out a demon. Why? Do you want to learn? And I said, no. <laughs> and I said, but here's what I will do. If I get somebody in my office in the next 12 months with that again, I'll bring them to you and I'll take that as a sign for me. And Jimmy's laughing at me the whole time. He laughed at me most of the time. I'll take that as a sign. Thank you, Father. Never happened again. But I think Jesus wanted me, Bob, you're so in a box. You're so in a box. And you're so, you've been so hard on the other thinkers. Yeah. Number seven, the Holy Spirit is the new personal GPS guidance system. God has installed in me. God has installed in me. Romans 8 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Holy Spirit. If you have the Spirit living in you, and remember that those who do not have the, the Spirit of Christ living in them are not Christians. So here's, an, here's another great doctrinal question. When does the Holy Spirit come into you? 
And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them are not Christians. Galatians 3.2, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13, and now you also have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Personal opinion, I don't believe in a second blessing. Come to Christ and then personal, to me, and this is a big debate in the Christian world. I believe when you come to Christ, you get it all. You just don't use it all. I don't spend time driving out of here in my car saying, Lord, I, 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 I don't understand. Oh, finally. Spend time in this, son. Look up things. Write the verses down. I have so many verses on the Holy Spirit I'm not going to use here. Look it up. Look it up, son. You, you, you so haven't gotten it all yet. And I got so much more for you. Yeah, Galatians 5.22 but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, in us. We're going to be different. And we're really going to be different from South Florida. Pretty much that list does not describe South Florida. And people are going to see it. And people are going to ask. And people are going to knock on the door of your life. Can I get a cup of coffee with you? It's, I, I, and I need to be listening. And I need to be hearing, what are you saying to me, Lord? Yeah. Number eight, the Holy Spirit is Christ living in you, directing you from the inside out to live the life you were created to live, the life that lets, you light, lets the light of Christ shine on those around you. What's different about you? Greatest compliment you could hear. What's different about you? You're, 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 you're different. And you're in this meeting and you're not yelling and screaming or whatever. You're different. And you let that person, you're different. We need to be different, not weird, different for Christ's sake. We need to be so different that people are so curious. We got this little lady uh, from Brazil on Tuesdays today, cleans our build, the big office building. We don't clean it anymore. We're, we're finished. That was a great six months ex exercise. So she cleans it. And I walk back past a garbage bag. She's probably 30 years old. And I walk past a garbage bag that she's in the hall. And I'm going to get coffee anyway. And the place where the garbage goes is right there. And I go to pick it up. And she comes running up behind me the first time and grabs it out of my hand. And I, and I realize she, she can't be served. And so I can't talk to her. So I have to go get Susie Beltron. Would you tell her I'm on my way to the thing? We put these. And she says something to Susie, and it's not in her background to let me do that. And so uh, I had to say to Susie, get coffee with her and tell her whatever her background is. Uh, she's in a different background on Tuesdays. She's in the Christian world. And watching her the past year, all of a sudden start asking Susie and Perina and others that speak Portuguese and Spanish questions. We want them to ask us questions about why we are who we are. 
But the other thing is, Lord, make me a noticer. I don't want to be so focused on my schedule that I don't notice the needs around me. Make me a noticer for your glory. Father, as we go out of here today, that we would be just that. Would you make each of us noticers? Could the great revival be in South Florida? Could it even start here, out of this room? For your glory and for your honor. Help us lean not to our own understanding, but help us to try to listen to your voice. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. For previous messages, as well as other resources, you can visit us at sheridanhouse.org backslash MBS or call us at 954-583-1552. We hope you can join us again next week.